0: We are in a series of series on faith called Stand Firm, Stand Firm, and uh, the the title of my message today is, Are You Ready to Let Go? Are you ready to let go? I'm speaking on the life of Abraham. He's the father of the faith. We all know Abraham as the father of the faith. And fathers, you can, uh, you can take an extra I mean, you can take it as an extra special message, as this message is for me. You know? I don't know. I, I'm not going to call it a Father's Day message, but I will hint it out a bit towards more. I'll incline it a bit more towards the fathers. But this message is for everyone. This message is for everyone. You know, I, I know that we. Listen, we have to speak reality. We have to come face to face with reality. But in coming face to face with reality, we need to know who is above us. At times, reality does not seem very good. It does not look really good. You know, I'm telling you, these fuel, these hikes in fuel prices, there's no end of it. I've been hearing it uh, a lot, especially over the last few weeks, because it's still fresh. And it's not something that we can ignore. It's not something that we can ignore. You know, the things, the things, you know, happening, you know, cases increasing and COVID, you know, monkey business and all of these other things. Now the UN wants to change the name from monkey pox to something else because it's not sounding very nice. I don't know what other animal pox they're gonna name it. This is, this is facts, okay? The UN want to change, the world, sorry, the World Health Organization wants to change the name. But listen, you know, all of these things can be alarming. You know, when we shift off our focus from God, it can be alarming, it can be disturbing. You know, and many a times when people come and tell us something, we, we laugh. When people come and tell us, it's going to be okay, you know, the fuel prices are going to come down, we laugh, they yeah, are right. You know, when, when, even if they don't come down, We come around and we tell people, listen, even if it doesn't come down, my God is more than able to provide for you to pay and fill your gas. To fill up your tank. And we laugh. (laughs) I don't believe you, man. Uh, We're waiting. We're seeing nothing's happening. That's exactly what Sarah did. Just to give you a bit of a background, that's exactly what Sarah did. You know, in Genesis, God comes along with two other angels. Three people came to Abraham. Now, God established the covenant with Abraham and said, you are going to have a child. Year after year after year after year after year, it's going by. Abraham's like, uh, I'm not getting any muscular. I am getting a lot of wrinkles, though. You know, I'm not getting any... I'm not getting any a, 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 you know, I'm not getting uh, any fitter. Is, a, is it a word? Yeah, it is a word. Stand. I'm, I'm looking. You <laughs> know, I don't care. It's it's church. I'm not getting any, any fitter. I'm not getting. I'm not. I'm not getting any stronger. You know, and I'm waiting for this child. God said, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm making this covenant with you. You're gonna have a child. And year after year after year after year, God's God's. You know, Abraham's holding on to this promise. What's happening? What's happening? I mean, it's okay for the man. The message, by the way, is on Abraham, but I'm giving Sarah some brownie points, okay? The women. It's talking about the man to wait for the child, but it's even more for Sarah to think, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And so God appears, along with these angels, but, you know, appears in invisible form to Abraham when he's 75, and he says, this time, this same time next year, you're going to have a child. And what does Sarah do? She laughs. She laughs. And Sarah was not in the vicinity. I mean, she was not in front of Abraham. She was not there. She was, she was somewhere where she couldn't be. She, she was at a place where she couldn't be seen. And God asked, why did you laugh? I mean, why did Sarah laugh? Why did Sarah laugh? I understand Why Sarah laughed. But then she realized, how did this person know what I was thinking personally in my thoughts when I'm not even around? And that's when faith arose. That's when faith arose. And we need to understand, in the the most difficult situation, we might give up, we might give in, we might laugh, But faith receives power from God. Faith receives power from God. By physically, with her appearance and because of her age, it was not possible for her to bring forth a child. But by the power of God that she received in faith, God made it possible. God made it possible. You know, it's interesting when you look at Hebrews chapter 1, which is called the, 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 the Hall of Fame for all these people who walked, walked down that road having faith. It's interesting that in verse 11, it's mentioned, it's mentioned about Sarah. And then right after that, below, it's mentioned about Abraham. Mentioned about Abraham. Now, God gives them this child. And what happens this is what happens. It brings me to my first point. Abraham's test. By faith, Hebrews 11, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Abraham waited so long for this promised child. And now God says, Abraham, I love you. you. You literally are this, you're literally becoming this man of faith. You know, you're growing into this man of faith. That's awesome. I told you to step out from where you were and to move and follow me. And you did that. Now, sacrifice your child. Sacrifice your child. Genesis 22, verses 1 to 2, tells us what's at stake over here. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he replied immediately, here I am, here I am. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, I will tell you about. You know, it would have been great if God only said, take your son, but he qualified the phrase three ways. He said, your only son, who was the promised son, there was obviously Ishmael already there, but Isaac was the promised son, okay? He said, take your only son, which was the promised son, Isaac, they waited for him for 25 years and then God goes one step further and he says, whom you love. Was God trying to mock Abraham? Trying to be like, hey, Abraham, take your son. Come on. Your only son, Isaac. Oh, by the way, the one whom you love, you really love. <laughs> you know, and sacrifice. Was God trying to mock Abraham, you know, by saying it this way, by saying it this way, Abraham would know that God understood what it would cost for him to obey. By God saying it this way, Abraham knew that God understood what it would cost him to obey. You know, let's be clear of what what God is asking at this point. Take your son, walk with him, prepare the altar, put the stones, put the wood on the stones, place Isaac on the wood, slit his neck because that's how lambs were slain, and then you sacrifice him as a burnt offering. That's exactly what God asked Abraham to do. And at this point, the man of faith has only two options. Either you obey or you don't. God, I waited so long, let me at least enjoy him for some time and then take him. Then take him, do, do what you want. You know? Or just say no completely. Either you obey or you don't. If you stop to argue, that in itself is a form of disobedience. If you try to talk God out of it, that too is disobedience. That too is disobedience. If you offer an alternate plan, that is also disobedience. Which brings me to my second point, Abraham's trust. Hebrews 11 verse 19 says, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Abraham knew that even if he had to sacrifice Isaac, God God would be able to bring him back. You know why? You know why? Because Abraham did not just have a first-hand experience of who this God was. Abraham has been walking with God all these years. Abraham established a relationship with God. When your relationship with God is strong, your faith will be strong. When your relationship with God is strong, when you make it a point to spend time with God every single day, Not missing out. Nothing's going to come in my way. This is God and me time. You receive faith for that day. And when you carry on every single day, you receive faith for every single day. The stronger your relationship is with God, the stronger your faith will be. And the thunders roll. The stronger your faith will be. You know, Amy McPherson said, we cannot ask God to guide our steps if we are not willing to move our feet. Oh, wow, that's a good word over there. I can stop right there. We cannot ask God to guide our steps if we are not willing to move our feet. But here, this is the confidence that Abraham had. It's okay. I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to question my God. You want me to do this? You gave me the son. It's not mine. It belongs to you. Whatever I have is not mine. It belongs to you, God. If I give back what you've given me, I trust you enough to know that you're going to give me back more. I trust you enough to know that you're going to honor my faith and do above and beyond what I can ask for. That is the trust we all need to have. You know, and it's amazing because if you look at Hebrews, the same chapter, a little earlier on, in the very beginning, God promised to make Abraham the, the head of a great nation. And, and through the nation, he was going to bring a great blessing to the world. And God said that he would bring forth that nation from Isaac's descendants. Now, if Isaac was going to be killed and sacrificed on this altar how was God's promise going to come to pass? He didn't know how God would do it, but he knew that God would do it somehow. He didn't know how God was going to do it, but he knew that God was going to do it somehow. You know, many of us have, all of us over here, in fact, have got promises over, spoken over our life. How many believe that you've got a promise spoken over your life? How many of you believe that God has a purpose for your life? If promises and the purpose of God is the destination then faith will be the vehicle to get you there if promises and the purpose of God is the destination then faith will be the vehicle to get you there all that you need to know is I need to give this completely to God I need to trust God completely and not give up not give up you know we don't need to question how. Faith believes and leaves the how in the hands of an almighty God. We don't have to figure out how is it going to happen. Faith leaves the how in the hands of an, in an, in the hands of an almighty God. God says go, and we go. God says stop, and we stop. God says give me your dearest possession, and we offer it to him. This is the true life of faith. The last point I want to say is Abraham's triumph. The last point I want to talk about is Abraham's triumph. You know, it's really amazing to just see that in the midst of everything, how God would enable this man to stand strong and not only do what God asked him to do, but also be able to believe that God will come through no matter what. You know, in verse 19 it said, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. He received Isaac back from the dead. You know, there's something we learn that is only hinted in Genesis chapter 22. Twice in that same chapter, Abraham intimates that he expects that somehow, some way, God was going to work things out so Isaac would live. And then it says this. When Abraham's walking with Isaac, he tells the servant to stay back. And he says, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship. And then we will come back to you. That's the faith of Abraham. Now he knew that God could raise him up from the dead, but what he also knew further than that was that we are gonna come back together. We are gonna come back together. Like I said, you don't have to figure out how, we just need to leave the how in God's hands and trust Him fully. Trust Him fully. You know, very often when we're trying to allow our faith to to get stronger and we're allowing ourselves to move in faith, fear kicks in. Fear kicks in. You know? And I've said this before. Faith is belief plus unbelief but but acting on the belief part. Avoid that which is trying to, to, you know, be that feather in your ear. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And trust God fully. You know, a very famous industrialist, uh, Ratan Tata, uh, Indian uh, who, who owns the famous hotel around the world, the Taj, the Taj Palace Hotel, who also owns uh, Range Rover and Land Rover right now, Uh, This is what he said. He developed this acronym with the word fear. He said fear can be looked at two ways. You can look at fear as forget everything and run, or you can look at fear as face everything and rise. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. And I believe that's what God is calling us to be. I believe that this is a community. God's calling this community to be that bunch of people that no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, no matter what stands in front of us, we will face everything and rise. We will face everything and rise. And then he says, We will come back. And then Isaac says, Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And then Abraham says, God himself will provide the lamb. God himself will provide the lamb. God himself will provide the lamb. Today you might be in a place where you're trying to figure out what's going to happen. How am I going to get through? Don't worry. Don't worry. Your God, your heavenly father is the source To anything and everything that you will ever need on this earth. And he will make it happen. He will make it happen. All you need to do is trust him fully and give it into his hands. You know, and this was God's response to Abraham. You have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And he goes on, verse 16, to say, You did not withhold from me. I asked for your most precious possession, and you gave it to me. I asked, and you gave it to me. You know, sometimes it's very hard to trust. We try to put in a whole bunch of things, trying to see how we can make ourselves to trust. But I say this very often. Trust fills the gap when you don't understand. Trust fills the gap when you don't understand. For us, it's not to figure out what God is going to do for us or how it's going to happen. All that we need to take care of is drawing closer and closer to God. And when we draw closer and closer to God, our trust in Him, our faith in Him, becomes stronger. And we need, to make, we, need to, we need to make that conscious effort every single day that if God is all that I have, I've got all that I need. And if God is all that I have, I need to be conscious. I need to be intentional about spending time with him every day. I need to be intentional about spending time with him every day. God wants to do more for you than you could even ask or imagine. You know, over here we see Abraham was given something after many years and then Abraham was asked to give up that something. To give up that something. And Abraham was obedient and he gave it up. But God honored him. God honored him and provided. He provided. What I want to say We are doing a series on faith. And I feel it wouldn't be fair. I feel deep down in my spirit it wouldn't be fair if I don't give you a chance to activate your faith. If I don't give you a chance to activate your faith. This is what we're going to do. Some of us are struggling. It's not the best place to be. But I know someone who can get you from where you are to where you need to be. Some of us are going through a hard time. And we may think that I don't, have, I don't really have the faith right now to give. Faith grows when faith is tested. Faith grows when faith is tested. And so what I'm saying is, just as Abraham experienced this, I want to give us an opportunity, all of us, an opportunity over the next two weeks to sow in faith to sow in faith you can call it whatever you want whether it's a faith offering or whatever you want I'm not talking about your tithes for those of you who haven't been tithing you know uh, and you're trying to figure out where's my breakthrough what's happening I want to encourage you to start tithing back again Start tithing back again you know Many a times we say, What's happening? It's not happening, you know, my breakthrough is not coming. Listen, the breakthrough is already there. But we're not able to put, we're not, we're not allowing ourselves to put and trust God with what He's put into our hands so that He can make us witness and see and experience the breakthrough. You know, God says, Test me. The problem is we're not giving God that opportunity. God says, Test me in this. We're not giving him that opportunity to test him. And so I want all of us, over the next two weeks, now listen, mind you, you don't have to do it for two weeks. The reason why I'm saying for two weeks is because someone may miss out and may probably wanna do it the following week. If you wanna do it for the next, if you wanna do it for both the weeks, good on you. But I believe that we're on the brink of something big. I believe as families, as individuals, we're on the brink of something big. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge us. I'm included in this with you. That over the next two weeks, we're going to sow in faith. If it's comfortable, it's not faith. If it's something that's comfortable for you, it's not faith. I'm challenging you to step out. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. We need to step out and take that step. Take that risk knowing that you're not going to be let down but my God is going to come through for me. So next week, 26th and July 3rd, I want to give you that opportunity to sow in faith. Whatever it is you're trusting God for, it's between you and God. But trust But so in faith, trusting God for not only that, but for greater things for you and for your family. For greater things for what has been entrusted to you. Whether it's your business, whether it's something that you've been dreaming of, whether it's something that you've been praying for. So in faith, trusting God to make that possible over the next two weeks. June 26th and Feb. I'm saying Feb, sorry. June 26th and July 3rd. July 3rd. Are we all okay with that? Few of us. That's great. I honor faith. I honor faith. But no pressure. Okay, this is no pressure. I'm I'm not doing this for I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. I want I want you to do it for you. I want you to do it for you because what God's gonna do for you is completely different from what God wants to do for me. So I want all of us to be able to step out. And take that place, being able to trust God for what God wants to bring in our lives. Great. Awesome. There's a lot of silence. You know, there's, I mean, it's crazy. There's a lot of silence when we talk about offering and giving, and we have to be excited because we need to know that what we have is not ours. Sorry, it's not. It belongs to God. We need to give back to God. We came to this earth with nothing, we're gonna leave this earth with nothing. Yeah? So, come on, guys. It, yeah, come on, come on. Come on. We're going to step out in faith and we're going to do this. We're going to do this. For so the next two weeks, we're going to step out and we're going to be cheerful about giving it. Oh my God, Pastor Clinton said, this is what oh, this is what, 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 I, what. I can do. It's, it's comfortable for me. But he said, no, if, it's not, if it makes you comfortable, it's not faith. No, it's between you and God. You don't have to come and tell me. And God will never put you in a place to do something where you will be uncomfortable about it because He's your provider and He's the one who gives to you and so you will never be in a place where, you're uncom- when you, where, where you feel uncomfortable to give back to God. Amen? Great.